quack quack, a good old honk honk, and a good old vroom vroom out to you. Good evening, this is Outdoor Adventures on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. My name is Stan Poggle, average everyday outdoorsman and two-time reigning bottle bass champion, and my co-host, legendary guide and freshwater fishing hall of famer, Chris Kudak, beaming in once again from an undisclosed location, but I know he is going to be heading up to Camp Confidence this weekend for a big event up there. How are we doing there, Shooter? Yeah, just uh, dropped the, the grandkids off their lunch, and I am back on Highway 10 heading towards Brainerd, uh, getting ready for the big hoopla tonight and tomorrow up at Camp Confidence where fishing has no boundaries. So what exactly, uh, can you tell the listeners, what, what is Camp Confidence? What are you doing up there? What's going to be happening? Well, it's it's a group. They, they got you know they got four or five different events, and it's camp confidence is, is people with disabilities, and it, you know they got stuff that we could take them out fishing and show them a good time. Uh, they got you know any kind of problems, they can go up to camp confidence, and Bob and the crew up there, they take care of you. They take you fishing. They do. They got all kinds of games, activities for you. So it's like it says, there's no boundaries. They got something that everybody can do. Yeah, so check out their website, campconfidence.com. It's a great resource uh, for those of you uh, with family members, friends, uh, acquaintances, uh, maybe with some developmental disabilities. Uh, it's a, a free camp for those folks, and uh, you can take the family up there and have a good weekend, and they have all the adaptive equipment, uh, what have you, to uh, make it a good and uh, safe experience up there at Camp Confidence. Uh, a little bit early yet, but I know a lot of people are starting to talk about deer hunting already. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, it's right around the corner. It opens up here in Bullet. It opens up here in a few weeks, and, and you know, people are, are out getting them. The deer are, are plentiful up around here, I'll tell you what. I've, I've been seeing a lot of deer, a lot of young ones. Uh, you know, it's it's going to be a good deer opener. You know, they got different different zones. We could take two two deer, and, you know, it's, it's some zones you can't take take one but you know there's plenty of deer around so it's going to be a good deer opener i believe for a lot of people yep so the lottery application for antlerless permits in those areas that you need them uh, that's coming up september 6th already so that's just a couple of weeks away so if you buy your license before that you're automatically entered into that antlerless lottery um other things we'll be chatting about probably in the final segment coming up here about uh, 5:45. we will uh, talk about the there's a few meetings coming up Kudak, uh, one in your area. I know the advisory committee is going to be meeting up there. I had something on that. Uh, Leech Lake proposed walleye changes. Uh, DNR uh, as well up at Lake of the Woods and Rainy River. We've chatted about that quite a bit in the past. So a couple of open houses where they're going to go through the DNR and and kind of talk about what they want to do and why they want to do it. And, and anglers and hunters and all that can get their input and share their experience as well. Yeah, yeah, it's... Uh... You know, they, they're going to have to loosen up some regulations, I believe. But, you know, that's, that's up to the committees there. They're the ones that are doing the studies. I was out with a group yesterday on the, on the launch, and uh, they were from a group home down down in um, down in southern Minnesota, Cole K, or, or somewhere down, somewhere down Cole, like Dassel or something like that. And, uh, it was windy. I mean, it was, it was really blowing. And I'll tell you what, we caught some nice bass. We caught a few walleyes. The kids... There wasn't kid on the boat. I think he had 10 or 11 bass and, and three walleye. So, I mean, uh, the fishing is still going. If you can find good leeches, you know, you're going to have a field day. We caught, caught some on some 
pretty scruffed each as I had yesterday and some day crawlers. But I tell you what, the bite is still out of We still got lots of fishing left. Yeah, it sounds like it's been going pretty well there all summer long, which is amazing when you look at uh, the situation that's happening up there. But just an update here for you in a couple of days here, Kuduk, coming up, uh, this must be Monday, yeah, Monday, the 27th, the Mille Lacs Fisheries Advisory Committee, they will meet from 5.30 to 8.30 Monday night. That's going to be at Appledorn's Resort uh, in Isle. Going to be covering a mid-season update, a report on the Mille Lacs Band's ongoing acoustic telemetry study and discussion around lake management planning. And uh, members of the public are welcome to attend. So they're going to have some uh, question and answer stuff in the middle of the meeting. So if you want to get your uh, two cents in, that is where you can do that. So I don't know if you're going to be heading up there, Kuduk, but, you know, I'd, I'd be shaking in my boots if you showed up. Well, every time I walk in there, they don't really let me ask too many questions. I've been to a couple of their meetings, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm usually – I got a lot of questions, but I, I just bite my tongue because I know where it's going and I know what it's doing. You know, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of waiting to see what, what goes what goes on after the election. I'm, I'm waiting for that and, and wants to see who we got in for a governor. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for this deal. So we will keep you up to date on that as well, and we will get to all those other stories here coming up in the final segment. Uh, State Fair time, Kuduk, of course, uh, great things. they got the big DNR headquarters out there. they got the fish tank and, and the wall of shame, and you can see different animals and all this fun stuff. Fishing pond, they got uh, stocked with all the different species you can find in Minnesota lakes. And, and if you go see that thing, I mean, that'll make you think twice about jumping into the lake next time. <laughs> oh, you bet they got you know they got sturgeon, they got muskies, they got they got everything that you know in, in Minnesota. I mean, it was what nice about the state fair. You go there, there's you know they they got everything. I mean, if Stan, they got your beer gardens, they got the yep. corn dog stands, yep. they got the prano pumps, they got yep. this. So I mean, you know, Clan's got a big booth there. They're, they they're they're showing all their new products that they come out this year down at the state fair again. Frankie's got a big booth down there with all the new Ranger boats. I mean. Hey, it's it's fun to go down there. They, they got some good bands, I guess. I don't know who's all there this year, but they always got good bands down there. My problem is, I, the way my back and stuff is, I can't walk that far to, to go do it anymore. Well, they do have those mobility scooters. You could always rent one of those and, and putz around, but I'm afraid if, if you got behind the wheel of one of those things, I know you drive your truck, so, I mean, they might have to, uh, you know, stop traffic for you so you don't run anybody over. Well, you know, I am when I when I get to the Nissan and I and I go down the road that people don't get out of my way. What happens? So I could just about imagine if they give me one of them scooters with the motor in it. Yeah, you're definitely gonna have to put a governor on that thing. I think if they, if they get you behind the wheel of one of those things, but that's my favorite part of going out to the state fair. Like you said, a lot of the outdoor shows or stores are out there, so you can kind of touch and feel everything and try things on. Of course, there's. There's classic motorcycles. They got new motorcycles. I love that. They got the muscle cars. They got the new cars. They got the old cars, tractors, combines. I mean, it's it's just fun to go out there and 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 for a guy uh, with my wealth, it's you know a lot of dreaming and a lot of uh, wishing, but it's still fun to go out there and, and check things out. Well, I heard that you were taking the sidecar and you were picking Luke up, and you were taking Luke out there <laughs> one day next week. No, that is not happening. I, 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 that's the first I heard of that, so thanks for informing me. I'll make sure I uh, put it. 
when I see his number come through, I'll have to uh, put it on silence so it doesn't come through. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was talking with Mikey there, and he said that he, he was thinking you and Luke were going to go out in the sidecar. And I said, well, I don't know. I said, Sam's got a busy weekend. He's got to go to to a funeral. No, it's not a funeral, but uh, just as bad. It's a, it's a wedding. So it should be a fun weekend, though. My cousin's getting married in my hometown, and uh, it'll be nice to get together. My sister's in from Florida. Uh, my aunt's in from California. So be fun catching up with all the relatives. And I tell you what, uh, the Pago boys, they, they can they can down a few uh those cold ones. So uh, hopefully those bartenders will be ready for us. Well, I suppose I better maybe see if I can float, a, float the bail bondsman to come over so we can haul you guys out of the Grove Bar Hotel. Yeah. More outdoor adventures coming up next here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Continuing on here with Outdoor Adventures on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Make sure you download that free iHeartRadio app. If you miss any part of the show, you can download and listen anytime. Just search Outdoor Adventures there, or you can just catch us live here on AM 1130 every Saturday night from 5 to 6 p.m. Well, Kudak, I, I have to admit, Kudak, I'm a little bit nervous about this. This is my uh, first Kind of my debut political interview, and I just hope I don't screw it up so much that I have a job next Saturday. No, no, I think we'll be just fine. <laughs> We're just going to ask him questions that people want to know. People want people want answers and see where he stands on it. I mean, we'll uh, we'll start her off here, Jeff Johnson. I know the real reason he's joining us, Kudak. He said he had a family reunion, so I think he's just trying to get away from the in-laws for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I know I would pull the same prank. <laughs> How are we doing, Jeff? I'm actually up in Detroit Lakes, and we uh, it, it is a family reunion on my dad's side, um, and we just got back from the Becker County Fair, so life is good. The one question I wanted to ask you just to start off, I'll throw you a real, uh, I, I, I think this is kind of an easy one. What are you going to do or what can we do as outdoorsmen to help you uh, educate other legislatures? As far Because I've always heard there aren't a lot of people in the legislature or Congress that, that – are involved, whether it's motorcycling, hunting, fishing. How, how do we educate those people so they're, so they're not hoodwinking us all the time? You know, I mean, it is a, as a guy who was in the legislature just for a few years, quite a while ago, it's, it is literally just a one-on-one thing. Most legislators, not all, but most legislators, if they have a constituent who gives them a call and wants to chat with them or stops by the, the Capitol or um, you know, says, hey, when you're back in the district, would you give me 30 minutes to grab coffee with you? And I can tell you, you know, what it is that concerns me. Most legislators are really open to that. It's, in fact, they're, most of them are much more interested in that than hearing from a lobbyist, because most lobbyists are paid to tell you what they're paid to tell you. And um, I, I honestly, I think it's that, you know, call them, uh, sh- shoot them an email and say, can I have 20 minutes of your time? And uh, most of them will listen. And it's good. That's a that's the best way to do it. Okay, so we'll just go back and forth here. So Kudak, you fire off next. Where do you guys stand on the on the netting in Malax Lake and the casino? You know, the casino. This is a two part question. Where do you stand on the netting on Malax Lake? What what they're doing? And the next part is, okay, the casino. They're making lots of money between Hinkley and Malacca, millions of dollars, I believe. Yep. Um, 
Plus, they are getting government subsidy for their housing and their workers. Where do you, where do you stand on that? Uh, so a couple questions there. The, the first part regarding the, the netting, um, and I actually think that there's a bigger issue there. That was what the whole town hall was about up in uh, Malax yesterday. We had over 100, like 120 people from the area show up. Um, and there is just such great frustration up there now with the whole co-management system that is happening between the tribe and essentially the DNR. Um, it's not working. It's not working at all. Um, netting is a piece of that. And uh, I, I think we have to, as we negotiate with the tribes as to, you know, what the quota is and who gets to do what, um, that is one of those pieces that I think we have to push back on really hard. And, you know, and part of this, uh, court ruling that came down in the 1990s gave us a, a process that some don't like the process, but it's what the federal court gave us. And what has been happening for the past couple decades is the DNR is supposed to be representing the people of Minnesota and the sportsmen and women of the Mille Lacs area um, with respect to negotiating with the tribe as to, you know, who can take what, what the quota is, what the allocation is, whether you can net or not. Um, and the DNR really, in, in my opinion, and certainly the, the opinion of most of the people that were at the meeting last night, has not been negotiating hard at all. In fact, they've been saying, okay, tell us what you want, and then that's what we'll give you. And, uh, you know, what I have said is, as governor, we're going to negotiate aggressively. Uh, because right now it does not seem like what is what the outcome of these negotiations has been has, is very fair to people outside the tribe. And if we negotiate aggressively and we can't get to a place where I, as governor, believe that we have a fair outcome for everyone so that everyone can enjoy that lake, then we'll take the next step in the process that's been given to us and go back to court and make our case. You're going in the right area there. Uh, the casinos, okay. Yep. You know they're they're getting government subsidy over there. The workers are getting government subsidy. The casino, the housing. I don't know if anybody drove you back behind the the reservation there in the casinos and seen all them new houses they got that are all boarded no. up. I mean it's it's it's. I drove back there here the other day because I got a cabin on the west side of the lake there, and and I'll tell you what, you drive around that west side of the lake and it makes you sick to see what's what's going on over there and. Why couldn't we go put five casinos up in the state and pay our taxes? You know, the Indians right now are not, when they buy land, they don't pay any taxes on any of that. We're not getting any money from that casino. So why don't we put, put five, six casinos up or put gambling into bars and restaurants, slot machines or whatever, like they got up in the, uh, the waiters up there in their bars or bars and gas stations and pay our taxes and, and, and put some back into our resources? So, I, I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I have not been a supporter of any sort of expanded gambling in the past in Minnesota. The last time it came up for me was 12 years ago or 14 years ago when I was in the legislature for a couple reasons. Um, number one, I, it, it does bring with, us, with it a lot of negative um, side effects with respect to people who have trouble with gambling. But my bigger issue is that I see it as a, as a new revenue resource for the state so that the state can just continue to increase spending. But I also have to say in the 12 years or 14 years since I last looked at this, uh, my mind is opening to looking at the possibility of the state doing something with this because, you know, there is a monopoly right now. And if we want to have any sort of leverage, uh, we may have to, uh, I'll just say I'm open to that where I really have not been before 
um, because it, you know, there's a lot of people who enjoy gambling in, in moderation and it's a great pastime for them. And the fact that, um, you know, the, the state is not benefiting from that at all. Uh, I'm open to looking at that more so than I'd probably ever have been before. Well, I heard out today that, uh, the band wants to take Malax over. They want they want to come in there now. One of the chiefs wants to uh, consider the whole lake as sovereign nation. Yeah, I, and, and that I have not heard. I mean, we we I don't think that's going to happen. It certainly wouldn't happen if if I'm governor. We would push back on that as hard as we could push back. I know there's a lawsuit uh, in place right now between the state, the county, and the tribe regarding. Um, you know, the, the boundary lines, essentially, and who has jurisdiction over what. And um, that's been going on for a while, like 15, 20 years, that there's been a fight about that. And the state has always taken the same position as Mille Lacs County in saying that, no, there, you know, there's not going to be some expansion of the boundaries of the of tribal property. And I would certainly continue that position. We are chatting with Jeff Johnson, the next uh, governor of the state of Minnesota. And, uh, well, we brought up that controversy about Mille Lacs, Jeff, so, heck, why not? let's just jump into health care. Why not? <laughs> why not? Um, but one thing I have noticed, and I'm relative, I'm in my early 40s. I'll just uh, put it out there. But I just want to tell you a quick story. I'll try to keep it quick. But basically, this was back about 25 years ago, just out of school, um, you know, I worked a year out of high school to help pay for my post-secondary education. At the time, I was, you know, no college education, no vocational, no special skills. Worked at a factory, made 13 bucks an hour, paid maybe 10 bucks a month, if I remember right, for my health care. I had a $250 deductible. And now, 20 years later, 25 years later, that same factory worker is getting 13 bucks an hour. Instead, they're paying three, four, five hundred dollars. Like for example, now mine is two hundred and eighty-four dollars a month. So how do we? How did it get there? And when is it going to end? Because for folks like me, it's impossible to pay for everything. Well, right, and and just to add to that, you know, that same person's probably paying several hundred dollars a month, and they probably have a ten or twelve thousand dollar deductible, which for much of Minnesota means you really don't have insurance at all because people don't have 10,000 bucks sitting around if something, you know, terrible happens. Um, you know, there's a lot of reasons that we, we have almost no competition in the health insurance market and that, you know, the, there's only a few insurers that actually sell in this state and uh, we don't, we don't allow the market, they, we don't allow them to compete against each other, which we need to do because, uh, and they don't want more competition, but I think government should um, make sure that that occurs. And, you know, part of the problem, I think government is actually part of the problem. They've created part of this problem, certainly under the, the ACA, Obamacare, as we know it, and Minsure in Minnesota, when government came in, federal government came in and said, listen, we know best what everybody's insurance policy must look like. Here are all the coverages you have to have. It doesn't matter if you're 20 years old or if you're 75 years old. You have to be covered for these 72 different things. And if you would prefer to purchase a uh, limited coverage policy with a higher deductible, we don't care. We know best. And that, you know, when the less competition there is, the higher prices go up. 
Well, and, you know, one thing Minnesota did better than any state in the country, say, 15, 20 years ago, um, we did a really good – we had more competition than we have now, frankly. But we covered more people. More people were covered in Minnesota than any state in the country. And one thing we did was we took care of people that needed help better than anywhere else, too. We had something called – it was called MCHA back then. It was called the high-risk pool. And uh, that we had to get rid of that under the ACA. And now we're hearing states all over the country saying, oh, we should have a high-risk pool. That would work a lot better with the, than what this is. And essentially what it said is if you have a preexisting condition or if you cannot afford coverage in the marketplace because of and, you know, a, a, a condition that you have that simply makes it too expensive, um, we are going – there will be coverage here in this high-risk pool – and it will be what the market rate would be with a little bit added on for just your average person without that condition. It was expensive um, for taxpayers, but taxpayers were willing to do that to help those people who were most in need. And it was cheaper than what we're doing now and did a much better job of covering people. So my thought would be, let's as a starting point, let's move back to what we had 15 years ago, which was working not perfectly, but better and then start start um, introducing some of this competition into the marketplace for those people who do have insurance, say, through their employer and, uh, you know, are paying for 20 or 50 or 70 percent of it so that there are more options and more choices for them. Because I think that's what's killing people, at least in the market, is lack of options. And the fewer options you have, the higher the price goes. It's just how the market works. Well, we're about to turn the screws on gubernatorial candidate Jeff Johnson here. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. We really appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break here. We'll throw you a few more questions and have a little fun as well. When we come back here, it's Outdoor Adventures. The news is next here on AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Into the second half of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Chatting with gubernatorial candidate Jeff Johnson. Big primary coming up on August 14th, so make sure you uh, go out and uh, cast your vote. And uh, we've got a few more questions here for Jeff. We've hit in the MLAC situation a bit. We've hit health care a little bit. And uh, so, Kudak, you got, I know you have a few more questions. You go ahead. Well, you know, we go back to the, the casino deal. It, you know, if we built, say, three, four casinos, just think of the, the people in the state that we could put back to work. And, and you know, we, we could use it for, you know, uh, outdoor parks or, or state parks or, 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 you know, our taxes. I mean, we could try to lower our taxes with that revenue. I mean, if we somehow we got to bring some more revenue to the state, so we can bring our taxes down. Well, and I, I agree with you on part of that statement. I do not think we need more revenue. That that For me, that's not the argument for a casino um, because the state has increased spending by, I think, 53% in eight years, and revenue continues to increase, and we're one of the top tax states in the, in the country. I, I believe, however, that we take way too much money from the people in this state, and it, we could do a much better job of prioritizing our spending. We could actually stand at the cut in some places, and nobody would even notice. Um, but when we are in the top, we're probably in the top five or maybe eight in almost every tax category. The license tab fees are a great example of that. Uh, income tax, sales tax, beer tax, uh, gas tax, 
cigarette tax, estate tax. Um, there are probably 10 others. And uh, we still have a lot of people in St. Paul who will say, we don't have enough money year after year after year. We do. Now, you know, could, could uh, w- with casinos, could you bring in a little more? Um, you probably could. I am not convinced, though, unless we have a very significant change in the attitude of our governor, that that would help taxpayers in any way because they would just spend it on other things. I, I think it's time that we start rolling back taxes in this state. Well, that's one thing I wanted to ask you, too, Jeff, uh, is, you know, everybody says, oh, we're going to cut spending or, oh, we're going to shift money here to there. And it's it's a delicate balance. But one thing I've noticed and is there's so many special interest groups out there. Now, I love dogs just as much as the next guy. I wish I had a big acreage so I could get a dog to uh, let it roam free, so to speak. But, you know, spending millions of dollars on dog parks or millions of dollars on, you know, I mean, pick your topic. I mean, sure, I'd love a private road to drive my motorcycle down so I was a little bit safer from the uh, crazy drivers here in the metro area. But you know what? I don't expect every other Minnesotan or everybody, every other U.S. citizen to pay for that special favor for me. So yep. how, do we, how do we get rid of that? Well, you, you need a different attitude in government, and we need some different leaders, frankly. I mean, I, I was just in a debate in Mankato a couple days ago. Tim um, Valenti didn't show up, but I showed up, and, and the Democrats showed up. And the answer to every single question for them was, well, we've you know, we, we're going to increase spending. And they got asked question after question, or we got asked question after question, well, will you promise to fully fund this or increase spending on that? And their answer always was yes. And my answer always was no, I'm not going to make any promises to increase spending on anything because we, we, we are already spending plenty in this state, and, and we, we can't be everything to everyone. So we got to change the attitude more than anything else, and, you know, start realizing that government is not the answer to everyone's problem. And that was another question a listener have had kind of on, on a similar uh, scale, I guess, but how do you balance, and I'm sure you get tugged in every different direction, I get it, but balance between, let's just say, the wagon pullers that are paying the taxes and going to work for 40, 50, 60, 70 hours a week, and then the guy over on the other side that, Oh, I need this, or I need that, or yeah. why why am I not getting more? How do well, you balance that? We we you balance it by saying figure let's figure out what our top priorities are, and make sure we're funding them well. For me, that means we need a good K twelve education system. We need to make sure people are safe, so we have to fund our police and our fire. Uh, we need to have a good transportation system, and my greatest focus will be on roads and bridges and a good bus system. Uh, and then we need a safety net for the most vulnerable people in our society, our, our elderly citizens, those who have disabilities or mental health issues. Um, I, I actually don't think we do a good enough job with respect to that. But the reason is that we've decided we have to fund everything for everyone rather than focusing on those people who truly have a need. And then I think any Minnesotan would say, yes, I'm willing to pay taxes to help this disabled person because he or she needs help. Um, but, you know, we've, we've gotten to a point with our human services spending where we have we've just created program on top of program on top of program. And we keep adding to them decade after decade without ever going back and saying all these old programs that we're still funding. Are they even doing anything? Are they helping anyone or are they just creating generational poverty and a crutch? 
There are programs like that. I think there's a lot of them personally. We never measure them to figure out which ones are working and helping people become self-sufficient and which ones aren't. So, that, you know, it's about prioritizing. It's about measuring. And it's about the ability to say no once in a while because that's yeah. what that's well, I think that's a lot. What a lot of the wagon pullers get angry and upset about is, you know, they're they're working hard, they're doing everything, and then there's one percent of the population or three percent of the population that wants, you know, lollipops flying out of the sky on Friday evenings or whatever you want to say, <laughs> you know, and 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 all of us wagon pullers got to pay for that, and and it really kind of rubs us the wrong way. Well, and we've we've created a disincentive to work in this state because we do. I mean, for some people, and I, I hear this, I've heard this multiple times where people have told me, you know, for me to go get a part-time job would be a bigger cut in the benefits I get than what I would make, and I have yep. to pay taxes on top of that. So to me, we've got to figure that out. I think we should have a work requirement for anyone who's able to work who wants welfare benefits and um, encourage people to work, not not as a punishment, but because work is an intrinsic it's intrinsically good. Okay, Jeff Johnson, we got a couple of minutes to uh, to wrap things up. First, I want to thank you for coming on with us here on Outdoor Adventures. A couple of rapid-fire questions here. We are a hunting and outdoors fishing show, so I have to ask these. Do you fish? I do, although I haven't fished in a while. I grew up fishing, but uh, it's probably it's been a few years. Okay, do you hunt? Uh, pheasant hunts. You know, once a year or so. I didn't grow up as a sportsman, to be honest okay. with you. Um, but uh, but now I, I, I try to get out with some buddies at least once a year and do some bird hunting. Okay. Do you own a four-wheeler, snowmobile, or motorcycle? I do not. Well, what the heck, Jeff? Come on now. We're going to have to get you on the motorcycle here. <laughs> well, Expand and I, your horizons uh, I, a little you know, bit. I, again, I grew up snowmobiling, um, but uh, living in Plymouth right now, we just don't. But... I'm a believer that we have a we have a beautiful state that people should be able to enjoy, including people who want to use their four wheeler or snowmobile. And sometimes we have people standing in the way of that uh, that I don't think is reasonable. Jeff Johnson, best of luck to you in the primary on August 14th against uh, a guy we will not mention here on the radio. And uh, best of luck to you. And I got, I have to ask, now be careful with this one. One last real quick question. But be careful because this could be a trap. If you do end up being the governor, next governor of the state of Minnesota, we have the governor's fishing opener every year, and I believe it's in Albert Lee next year. Will Now I'm the bottle bass champion of uh, outdoors here. I don't know if you knew that. So will you use taxpayer dollars to buy Stan a beer? At the governor's opener. <laughs> I'll buy him a beer, but never with taxpayer dollars. How's oh, that? Oh, that is, that is perfect. That, that's a win-win for everyone. I appreciate it. <laughs> hey, thank you, guys. You take care, Jeff. That was a fun interview. Uh, he, he's got a good sense of humor. We'll chat a little bit more about the uh, latest deer management plan and other things coming up in the outdoors when we return for one final round here on Outdoor Adventures, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. FM 103.5 and the free iHeartRadio app. Papa Top again. I've just got time for one more round. Set them up, my friend. Then I'll be gone and you can... 
Time for one more round and time for one more segment of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free Radio app. If you haven't yet downloaded that free iHeartRadio app, I don't know what you're waiting for. It's free for one thing. And for another thing, you can listen to Outdoor Adventures anywhere in the world on that thing, Kudak. And it's it's a pretty slick thing, and I, I, I heard you even got it figured out, so... I think it's uh, pretty user-friendly, if I must say so myself. So I'm glad you're on that thing now so you can uh, listen to our show anywhere and, and any other great iHeartRadio shows here on Twin Cities News Talk. So pretty cool thing there. Check out the iHeartRadio app. we got one uh, final round here of Outdoor Adventures. Going to kind of give you a rundown of the news of the week. And before we do that, Kudak, uh, where are you going to be at again this weekend and what are you going to be doing? Well, I'm heading for Camp Confidence up here in the Brainerd Lakes area. We're doing uh, Fishing Has No Boundaries, and we're going to take a pontoon. Uh, I got my sidekick, Craig Dickmeyer, up in this one. He's going to be with me, and we're going to take some young gentlemen out. We're going to catch a bunch of panfish and bass and northerns and whatever bites the hook we're going to catch. Sounds like a good time, and that's a great deal if you have somebody in your family or friends, uh, acquaintances uh, that have somebody with a developmental disability. Uh, You can uh, go up there to Camp Confidence and join all the things uh, the outdoors has to offer there. It's free for you and your family, so check out and get more information and apply for that at campconfidence.com. We're going to run through some news items here. We touched on a few of them to start the show here, Kudak, but uh, a couple other things. We chatted, I know, with Rob Dreesline here from the Outdoor News a couple of weeks ago, and he was mentioning uh, maybe the possibility of West Nile virus and and grouse here in the state of Minnesota and how that may affect the population down the road. So far, it doesn't seem to be a, a huge issue, but it's definitely something they're keeping an eye on. So if you are a grouse hunter, rough grouse hunter, you can voluntarily submit samples for a West Nile research study. Um, hunters who would like to assist with the project, you can uh, collect the blood samples, also the hearts from the birds within 30 minutes of harvest, and you can get collection kits in the Bemidji and Grand Rapids area, the DNR headquarters there. Um, that's uh, You can pick those up starting on Monday the 27th, and they're hoping to get a re- uh, sample size of about 400 birds for this. So, um, again, the DNR hoping that the public and the hunters out there can help them out, which seems to be kind of the uh, trend here as of late, Kudak. Uh, you know, with the CWD and now the West Nile and the grouse, uh, the DNR asking for the uh, for the hunters and gatherers uh, information out there seems like a lot more lately. Yeah, well, you know, that opens up uh, September 14th, the grouse season, because we got to or if it opens the fifteenth, we got a we got a focus outdoors coming up to do a little TV shoot up on Malax with us on the launch, and them guys are all going grouse hunting on the fifteenth, but they won't tell me where they're going. They got her pretty pretty quiet. I've been trying to get it out of them, but. They ain't saying where they're going. They got some place where there must be a lot of grouse, and they ain't telling nobody where. Wow, uh, sounds like you're fishing hotspots. You never want to reveal those to me either. So I don't, uh, I don't uh, blame Tom for not letting you know. But if you do get it out of him, let me know because it's been years since I've grouse hunted, and I tell you what, you want to talk about a challenge and a fun time. That that, that is it. Well, I got I got a good spot where to go. I can sit in my deer stand, and they fly up in my deer stand. I can shoot them off, off the limb, <laughs> off the tree next to me. You have all sorts of secret spots, I tell you. You got it made. Uh, well, other... you know, 
I, I always tell you where I go. I go to Lake Stan or Lake X. You know where they are. No, I don't, because you switch up the names all the time. <laughs> Stop that. Yeah, keep... well, you got you got to start documenting. Yeah, you got to keep it a little more consistent here. But uh, lots of other things happening. Uh, one thing I know they do, they always do the free fishing weekend uh, here in Minnesota, and they also have started up this with waterfall hunting now in the past. And the uh, Youth Waterfowl Day, that is for kids 15 and younger, you can uh, go with an adult who is not hunting. The adult does not need a license even. So a good time to introduce the youth to the waterfowl. That's happening Saturday, September 8th. So the kids, 15 or younger, they can go out, hunt ducks and geese and and all that stuff and uh, keep their bag limit, daily bag limits as well. So it's a good time to... Get the kids out there in the duck boat, or uh, maybe on some shorelines. Yeah, either that, or you know, a lot of I've been seeing a lot of geese out in the fields lately. A lot of these guys are out cutting hay or picking or doing whatever they're doing. But I've I've been by a bunch of fields today, and and I I, I bet I seen oh there must have been fifty geese in the one, and, and the other one there was probably a hundred or two. So you know the geese are they're moving around. They're they're local birds. So I you know after they get shot at a few times that they take off, but. You know, it's uh, it, it's good to get the kids out in the outdoors. I mean, I got my grandson shooting bow and arrows all the time, and he's getting pretty good at the compound there. And the granddaughter, I uh, I ain't got her dealed in there yet, but uh, the grand the grandboys, both grandboys are are uh, you know all about the outdoors, which is good. Well, I heard what you brought them for lunch today. If you keep feeding them that, they're going to be like you. They won't be able to climb up into the deer stand. Well, the little turtle, he. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, he wants his cheeseburgers, but he doesn't want pickles or onions or mustard on it. So, and he wants his two parfaits. Well, you know he, what he ate? He ate the parfaits and left the two cheeseburgers. <laughs> well, yeah, you got to save those for later. After a few scoops of ice cream, you don't have room for the meat, right? Yeah, well, that's that's true. Him and his little buddy next door there, they were, I don't know what they were doing. They were in the mischief when I walked in the house there. And Ava, she's at, uh, she's a swimmer, so she was at swimming class. So, I kind of left everything on the table for him and. They called to thank me on the way that they got their food, so they're all they're all happy. They're fat and sassy and happy. They're good to go for today. Sounds great. So once again, uh, Youth Waterfall Day that is uh, happening Saturday, September eighth. Uh, kids fifteen and younger can hunt for free when accompanied by an adult who is also uh, not hunting. So keep that in mind. You can get more information on all this stuff on the DNR website. Uh, let's see here. Lake of the Woods, rainy river changes. We've talked about this quite a bit in the past, Kuduk. But there's going to be an open house for the public to give input on the proposals from 6 to 9. It's down the road a ways, but uh, Monday, October 8th, so we'll just put a feeler out there. It's going to be at the school there at Lake of the Woods. Uh, the changes expected to take effect coming up in March of next year. Uh, it sounds like they're going to change the winter regulations to reflect the same as what the summer is. So rather than eight, uh, and I think no more than four walleye, it's going to be cut down to six and no more than four walleye. And then also Rainy River, we talked about this. They're going to, sounds like, go to a catch and release season. And I know how you feel about that. And I kind of, uh, feel the same way on that end as you know during spawn and that let's leave those fish alone and uh let them let them make more fish so i think that's probably going to be a good thing up there for uh rainy river and lake of the woods area yeah i mean uh, it's like anything the bass if the bass are spawning leave them alone let them let them get their job done you know if you're going to wait another week so what so be it or two weeks let them let them spawn quit taking them off their beds quit quit 
you know, quit beating on them. Let, just leave them be. I mean, it, it, for the resources, I think we'll be a lot better off. So that, once again, for the Lake of the Woods in Rainy River regulation changes on Walleye and Sauger, that's going to be Monday, October 8th, the open house at the Lake of the Woods School. And like I said, you can get more info on the DNR website on that. Lots of changes happening, Kuduk. It seems like it never ends, but uh, Leech Lake, they're proposing some different changes as well. Uh, they're going to have the DNR there from 6 to 8 on Monday, September 24th at the Walker Area Community Center. They're going to have a meeting there and discuss the proposed regulation. Uh, they're planning on removing the 20 to 26-inch protected slot, having a four-fish limit uh, now only going to be one over 20 inches. So that's going to be the new regulation there. So uh, changing things up there a bit, too, it sounds like. And then, yeah, they're, they're, you know, and, and they look at their fishery, and, and they, you know, the locals know what's going on. So if they get their input there, hopefully it'll all work out. Yep, so get up to that one on uh, September 24th and uh, Walker. And then uh, just a couple of days from now, Malax Advisory Committee, they are going to meet on Monday the 27th from 5.30 to 8.30 to discuss the ongoing situation there at Malax. That'll be uh, Monday the 27th at Appledorn's public comments and questions will be taken during the middle of the meeting. So another chance for you to uh, sign off on that. And then finally... The lottery application deadline coming up September 6th for the antlerless permits. And also, if you want to get in on that muzzleloader season and special firearm season, the deadline to apply for that lottery is coming up on the 6th as well. So it's a busy time of year in the outdoors, Kudak. Oh, you bet it. It's a nice time of year. It's starting to cool down. Stuff is starting to change. The you know, fishing's getting good again. You know, the deer, the grouse, the ducks, everything's moving around. The rabbits are running all over. I mean... It's 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 a fun time of year. This is my, this is my my best time of year. I, I like this time of year the best when I can put a sweatshirt on. And I'm just driving down the road. And here's I bet you there's 50 turkeys standing alongside the road here as I'm pulling into breezy or into Camp Confidence. The ditch was just full of turkeys. Well, you better get your friends out of the ditch and out of the road. Well, they're looking for Stanley. <laughs> they want Stanley's beer. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it. Kudak, you have fun up at Camp Confidence. I expect lots of pictures and updates on our Facebook page, right? Yep, I got to. I'm going to have everybody here taking pictures sending them for you. Sounds good. That is legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm Stan Poggle, average everyday outdoorsman and two-time reigning bottle bass champion. Don't forget, download that free iHeartRadio app. If you missed any part of the show, you can download it for free. Search Outdoor Adventures and listen to the show anytime, anywhere for free on the iHeartRadio app. Black Republican, Black Democrat is coming up next. If you're out at the fair, hopefully you enjoyed it, and hopefully we'll see you out there, too, because I'm going to try to get out and get some of my favorites coming up. So uh, enjoy the state fair and enjoy your time in the outdoors. Have a great weekend.